couple getting married will imagine how perfect they will be together. But often, eyes begin to collide. I imagine it this way. To me, this would be best. What we imagine becomes a war for I, me, and mine. The solution for most couples is to learn to compromise. Just learn to get along, learn to work it out. Compromise can keep us together. It can make it last. But is that really all you want? To make it last? What if there is something better? You know, I have discovered that most people tend to think about relationships the way they think about their car. We don't want to work on it. We just want it to work. Now, if you try that for very long with your car, the philosophy will break down. At some point, some maintenance needs to happen. And the truth is, the same goes for our relationships. Now, I'm going to stereotype here for just a second, if you will allow me. And, and I'm going to say, ladies, when you start talking to us about, you know, let's work on the relationship can I just tell you that what we men tend to hear is you saying to us, I think there's something wrong with you and I know how to fix it. Uh, look who's doing the talking in, in the picture here, right? Who, who's, who's doing it? And, and relationships, to be honest with you, talk series in church can sometimes begin to feel like it's an opportunity to verbally beat up on the men. That's just my experience. And so as we were trying to launch this thing, I was trying to think through, is there a way for me to convince you that that's not the way I want to approach this? I really want to come at this a different way. And we eventually landed that I think this is the best way for me to show you. Take a look. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's gonna stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever gonna stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop would... trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing. You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. No, see, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, out. you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just 
sometimes it's like there's this achy, I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. That sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on! Ow. If you would just don't. So here's what I'm saying, gentlemen. It is true that we really can always work on being better at listening. But I'm also saying that in this series. We are going to talk about the nail, all right? By the way, all my sweaters are snagged is the greatest line that could possibly have been put in that video. I absolutely love it. So I want to welcome you to week one of Imagine, a relationship series, Imagine. Now, today I want to be clear. Today is the introduction, all right? And so what I mean by that is, that means that today I'm going to spend a lot of time setting the stage for the three weeks that are going to follow the introduction today. And so I'm just going to just flat out ask you where I'm actually, what I'm actually going for here. I'm asking you not to criticize me today for how little scripture we're going to end up reading today. The reason is because I have chosen to start with some really uh, heavy application, if you will, but it is based on real biblical principles that we are going to spend the rest of the three weeks unpacking. Hopefully, in those three weeks, we will be challenged by and changed by God's Word. So... Here's where we start. When you walk into a relationship, typically you are walking into that relationship bringing with you what you imagine. Now, if you're single and you're good with being single, that's fantastic. The Apostle Paul highly recommends that. It may be that these things may be a little less defined for you. That's okay. If you are dating, however, the closer you move toward perhaps that significant relationship, these things become a little more defined. If you are engaged, hopefully you have started talking about these things. And if you are married then you should know what your spouse imagines. Some of you know it, some of you don't. Here is what I'm talking about. We enter a relationship and we imagine what we will do with stuff like this. Well, one imagines... We're going to have a lot of it. We want to have a lot of it. Another imagines we don't really need that much of it. To be honest, we love each other. 
I, I imagine, though, okay, we're going to have two income streams. And then, uh, well, I imagine we're going to have two income streams, but we're actually going to save one of those income streams. Well, well, I, I imagine we're going to have one income stream, but it's going to be enough of an income stream that, that one of us can stay at home, a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home dad, or maybe we could just have enough money that we could both stay home. But you imagine what this looks like. You imagine where you will live. My granddaughter loaned me this for today. Whatever shape of house you would end up living in, and I imagine living in the city. I imagine uh, living in the burbs, right? I, I imagine it will, it will look like this. It will feel like this. And, and along with, with that, then, you, you, you imagine how are you going to keep this thing, right? Up. Who's, how, what's it going to look like with the chores? I, I imagine what's going to happen on the inside, and who's going to be connected to the outside? How, how is all of that going to work together? And I imagine what we are going to drive. I mean, good gas mileage, only two tires. I mean, it, it makes sense, but the other imagines, no, we're going to, not only is it going to have four tires, but it's also going to have four doors, right? Uh, something a little more practical, if you will, because, because honestly, I, I imagine, I mean, we're, we're going to have a baby, baby. Like, like I'm, I'm excited that we, that we could have a baby, and, and one imagines, no, not, not yet. I, I don't imagine that we're going to have kids yet, but, but when we do, I, I'm an only child, and so I, I don't imagine us just having one. I, I think we're going to have two. And, I mean, but, but if both of those are girls, then I think we would try one more time for a boy. I, I mean, we, we would go ahead and do that, and to be honest, I mean, it's March. It's, it's madness. I like basketball, so I'd say we just, we just, we'll just have a team. We'll just have a team. We imagine what we will do with our time. How much time will be allocated to work. Then we have the free time, right? How, how's that going to work? Uh, what is it that we're going to we're going to have our own thing. We're going to be able to do what we enjoy each doing. No, I think we're, we're going to end up spending time together. How does, how does that look? Along with time, a calendar, right? Like, how, how, how are we going to break this down? Uh, each with a family. And, and she says, well, I, I realize that we need to spend time. I imagine we will spend time with both families. And so I'm, I'm saying I'm just willing to take Three holidays, all right? I just want three, Easter, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, right? You can have all the rest of the holidays, right? We can, Halloween, we can spend with your family. Boxing Day, right? We can spend with your family. All, all the other holidays, they, they can be with your family. Travel, the globe. Like I, I imagine that we will, we will see the world and all that is to see, and another one says, well, I imagine that we're going to stay in the state. Uh, in, in fact, I imagine we may stay in the county, right? Because I, I, don't, I, I don't imagine traveling. I don't, I don't see that. And then there are the things that we imagine will not happen, like what our wife will not wear to bed, <laughs> Right? And she's thinking, 
I, I imagine he doesn't care because he just wants me to be comfortable and he just loves me the way that I am. So we imagine how we will resolve conflict. And one imagines, well, you just put it all on the table. That's what you do. I mean, you just get it all out there. You just, you just say it. I mean, if it's, if it's true, you just say it. And, you, and the other one's like, no, you don't say it all. You, you don't, there's not a need to say it all, right? Uh, and that's not the way you do it. And one's like, yeah, you do. You say it all, and it's okay to just say it loud. That's, that's, that it. I imagine we just put it all out there, and we deal with it. And the other's like, no, you don't raise your voice. You, 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 you must keep calm, and we imagine we imagine how we will be treated if he loves me, then he would never do this. If she really loves me, then she would never approach it this way. Why is it that we imagine what we imagine? Well. Honestly, most of it has to do with what we have what? Experienced. A, a lot of it really does have to do with what we've seen. Um, maybe it's what we actually grew up in. Maybe it's something that we just saw along the way. And the approach is usually we're either trying to avoid something, something bad that that we've seen, that we don't, we don't certainly want to be a part of what we've got, or it is a part of, hey, I want to create something. I, I want to create something that I've seen, and it, it looked like it was, it was good, and so that's what I want to be a part for us, and so we put it all together, and we imagine. But even in the best scenario... I'm saying even when it is a desire for something good, even when it is a desire for something healthy, in the middle of what I imagine is always me. In the middle of what I imagine is always me. And at some point along the way, and I'm saying usually it's early, what happens is I take what I imagine this will be like and I give it to her. She takes what she imagines this will be like and she may give it to me. And as we exchange what we imagine, right, the approach is Make this come true. This is how I imagine it to be, right? This is, this is what the future looks like for us. This is the reason that I said yes to us. I need you to come through for me. And suddenly, it doesn't feel like imagine. It feels like pressure. It feels like responsibility. It feels like expectations. It feels like weight to where suddenly, if I don't come through, then you will be disappointed with me, 
right? Because here's, here's where we are, and, and, and here's where we want to be, and, and, and we're not there yet, right? So, so we, don't, we don't live there yet, right, honey? We don't, we don't drive that yet, right, honey? But, but we're going to get there. So what happens when even the best fall down sometimes? Even the wrong words seem to rhyme. Out of the doubt that fills my mind, we somehow find that you and I collide. Eyes collide. I imagine this. Well, I imagine this. I can see this is where we need to be. Well, I can see this is where we need to be. And when we exchange what we imagine, it's no longer fun. It becomes pressure. Then what do we do? Well, when eyes collide, what many people do is they leave. They leave. Because this is, this is not what we signed up for. You, you have changed. This is not what you said in the beginning. I will never be able to live up to what you expect. I'm out of here. And you do realize what we do. We pick up our pack and we take it to the next relationship. Some people may not leave. They just try to win. You got to win. Because if you got two eyes that collide, then I need to make sure that you see that my way is best. Right? And so I will try to convince you. I will try to co co coerce you. I, I will try to convict you. I mean, come on. I understand this is the way you think we should do it. But come on. Did that really work in your house growing up? Did that really work for your parents growing up? I'm not trying to be mean, but that's dumb, honestly. I, 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 this is the best way. And so we try to win. Well, when somebody wins, that means somebody has to conform. Somebody who loses embraces what the other person is trying to, to shove down their throat. Yeah, it keeps the peace, but when you give up who you are, you lose respect. And actually, they lose respect for you. And so what we're dealing with in this series is what we all tend to think is the right answer. We tend to think the best option is compromise. That's how you do it. You got two people, two eyes that collide, and so you compromise. This, this is the way it works. And come on, you've seen these couples. You have seen these relationships. They may not be just overboard happy, right? In fact, they're not really happy, to be honest. But they make it work. That's what we say. They make it work. Because each of them are watching to make sure that the other one does their part. Each of them are watching, making sure we, we keep score. Everybody's on guard, making sure that nobody's being taken advantage of. We each do our part. We compromise. We might stay together. But we're not 
building trust. And where trust is low, intimacy is low. Because you can't give yourself completely to what you can't trust. For example, great sex doesn't start with sex. It's tied to intimacy, which is tied to trust. I said that because some of you were starting to zone, and as soon as I said great sex, you came back. Here you are. Welcome back. Welcome back. People compromise under the condition, I'm committed to my marriage. I'm committed to my marriage, and so I, I just will. I'll deal with this. Can I just help us to understand that nobody marries a marriage? And can we understand that nobody dates a relationship? There is another name involved in this thing. In other words, I want my wife to know I am not committed to my marriage. That could be anybody. No, I am committed to Jen. I'm committed to Jen. Being committed to marriage, don't get me wrong, is better than than being against marriage, but I'm telling you there's something better. Compromise may keep you together, but, but that's not fun, and compromise is not filling. There is something better. And that's what I'm going to tell you about next week. But in order for us to really understand it, I want to frame it one more way. So that we can really understand what we want to climb out of. And the way I would phrase it is understanding debt versus gratitude. Now hear me. When I put pressure on you to fulfill what I imagine. Make this come true. You understand what just happened is a debt is put in place. What I am saying is I assume you owe me. Here, this is what I imagine. You make it come true. You owe me, right? You owe me attention. You owe me affection. You you owe me being responsible, that that the bills can be paid. You, You owe me the house is clean. You owe me that we will have vacations. You owe me that you will stay in shape. You owe me. And I owe you. That's how it works. That's that's how it's supposed to work. But I'm telling you, that's not how God designed it. Because how much gratitude do you express to those who pay you what they owe you? How much gratitude do you express to those who pay you what they owe you? And this is, I think, how we would answer that. It's like, well, I mean, I'm glad that they paid me, but they owed me, right? 
I mean, I'm glad that I actually got it, but, but come on, that's what they owed me. And that's my point. It's what we're supposed to do, but where that ends is that gratitude is minimal. Sometimes it is non-existent. So in a relationship where there are routines, and there's always routines, that's not a bad word. I'm saying that there are roles that, that each person begins to pick up and play. When you expect what they've always done, gratitude tends to exit the picture. I'm not going to thank you for doing it, but I'm going to ask when it doesn't get done. When you owe me, there is no gratitude. In contrast, gratitude is wow. I didn't expect that. Wow. I didn't expect you to do that. And she says, well, I've done that for you every day since we've been together. And you're like, I know, but I didn't expect it. Thank you. And I'm telling you, this is how you ignite a relationship. When I show gratitude to you, it is the evidence that I have not placed a pack of expectations on you. When I show gratitude to you, it is the evidence that I have not placed what I imagine as the pressure on you. Sometimes, I hear this all the time, Jeff, our relationship just isn't what it used to be. At one time, this is what we had, but it's just not what it used to be. Maybe it's because the debt mentality has eliminated the possibility of unconditional love. Because if I owe her flowers, I just got back to zero. I thought I was doing good. But if I owe her flowers, there's no margin. I just got back to zero. Love requires margin. Love is not recognized, nor is it appreciated in pressure. The pack of pressure undermines intimacy because I will never be able to do enough to make you feel like I love you. That's no way to live, and I'm telling you there's a better way. Okay. So, Jeff, what am I supposed to do about what I imagine? What, what am I supposed to do about what I imagine? Am I just supposed to like pretend this doesn't exist, right? Am I really supposed to be okay with living in a box? Can I really live in a cardboard box and not worry, right? About, I mean, am I just supposed to deny? And I'm saying no, no. Please, if you hear me, I'm saying that some of the things in your pack, some of what you imagine, they are probably very good things. But for this second, and hear me, this second, I'm asking you to keep them in the pack. Just for this week, keep them in the pack. Jeff, how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, you do that, I believe, by continuing to ask this question. 
which the most beautiful relationships in the world know the answer to? This question. What does she owe me? Ladies, what does he owe me? And the most beautiful relationships in the world know the answer. Nothing. Nothing. The most beautiful relationships in the world know this principle. We owe each other everything, but we are not owed anything in return. What? We owe each other everything, but we are not owed anything in return. Uh, Jeff, that doesn't make sense. I know. I know. Have you noticed that great relationships don't make sense? Have you noticed those great relationships where you see two people and you go, those two people love each other. And they love each other when times are really good. And you look at them in the midst of a moment when there's chaos and things have turned upside down and they still treat each other the way that they treat each other. They still love each other and you go, that, that doesn't make sense. You see them when it looks like things are going well and they have plenty of finances, they have plenty in order to make ends meet, and then there are moments when things get tight and they still love each other, they, they still seem to be happy. There, there, there are couples that they have lots of kids and they're happy, and then there are couples that can't have any and yet they are happy. It's kind of a mystery, but I know part of the mystery. Part of the mystery is they live with this principle. We owe each other everything, but we are not owed anything in return. I owe my wife everything. She owes me nothing in return. Now. As Christians, how do we get there? We get there because we take our cue from one, and his name's Jesus. And none of what I just said would exist if Jesus hadn't said what he didn't say. Jesus gave one command that went like this, as I have loved you, so you love one another. As I have loved you, so you love one another. Now, it used to be, right, do to others as you would have them do to you. But no, Jesus goes, look, this is even better. I want you, as I have loved you, love one another. And then the apostle Paul comes along, and he takes that principle. As I have loved you, I want you to love one another. And he says, this applies to all relationships. 
This, this applies to this relationship, and it applies to this relationship. Paul, how, how do I love in the midst of this relationship? And he says, just like Jesus loves you. And if you drop that principle into any relationship, it becomes what we're going to call a submission competition. Which means we both are racing to the back of the line in order to put the other first. We are both going to race to the back of the line so that we can put the other one first. And you hear that and you go, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Nobody races to the back of the line. Everybody knows you got to race to the front of the line if you're going to get ahead. If you don't want to be taken advantage of, if you don't want to want to end up with the, the short end of the stick, right? you, you got to get to the front of the line. And Paul says, no. When you take what Jesus said, this becomes a race to the back of the line in order to put the other one first. And I know it sounds crazy. It's why so few couples ever try it, but those who do, it is good. So good, you may not even be able to imagine. This is the way Paul phrases it in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. Walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Walk in the way of love. Run to the back of the line. What does this look like? Just like Christ loved us, gave himself up for us. This is what it looks like. And Paul just keeps applying this to relationship after relationship. Paul, how do I love just like Jesus loves me? Sounds crazy. It is crazy. And when you go there, it is so good. I want to go back to that title slide one more time. Imagine. And we've talked about there are eyes in there. There's a me in there. There's a mine in there. But there's another word in there that we have chosen to highlight. What's the word? It is the word image. I-M-A-G-E. Image. I want you to listen to the way God put this in the very first words recorded in Scripture. So God created mankind in his own, what? Image. In the, what? Image of God. He created them, male 
and female. Both created in God's image. What does that mean? What does that mean to be created in the image of God? Well, usually when we talk about it, it's what makes us distinct as, as people. I mean, he created us in his image unlike any other of his creation. And so we, we bring up things like morality. We have, a, we, have, we have a sense of morality, a sense of right and wrong. We, we, our rationality, we're able to reason, right? Our, our spirituality, we're a, an ability to relate to God, our, our creativity. The, the point is that the animals aren't painting portraits. They're not developing legal systems. We are unique in all of that. We are made in the image of God. And I think all that's exactly accurate. But there's one more part of that that maybe it's so simple that we just overlook it. It is to say images are created to image. Images are created to image. In other words, you and I were created like a mirror. A mirror reflects an image. We are made in the image of who? God, made in his image, men, women, made in his image. This is the image that I have when I, when I read those words. It is as though you and I are made like a mirror. And that mirror is built to angle, a 45-degree angle, we will say, where the reflective side of that mirror is pointing upward so that when the very one who created us looks upon us, his, his greatness, his glory that is reflected in us. When that reflection of God's greatness in us hits that mirror, it moves at a 90-degree angle that spreads out across the earth and says, this is how God loves. This is how God sees. This is how God cares. This is what God looks like, but ever since the garden, an enemy has been persuading that my image is more beautiful than God's image. And so what we have done is we have flipped the mirror around and ever since we have loved ourselves so the image is about I the image is about me the image is about mine and now I am attempting to press this same image that I love the most upon my spouse. But what if? What if I could actually see her in the image of God by whom she was created, a soul that is eternal? You understand that? When, when, you, when, 
when you look at her, when you, when you look at him, a soul that is eternal, that, that no matter how much you learn about her, you are never going to get to the depth of who she is created as in the image of God. She is eternal for all of eternity. You will be discovering who she is in her beauty. You will be discovering who he is as God made him in his image. She is beautiful. He is beautiful. And when we turn that mirror back around, and it again faces the one that we were made by and his reflection begins to bounce off of us. We run to the back of the line putting her first. You run to the back of the line putting him first and you begin to reflect the love, the grace, the mercy, the kindness of who God is. Jeff, nobody runs to the back of the line Jesus did for you. And he says, as I have loved you, I want you to love one another. I think this is going to be good. I think God's going to show us some stuff. Next week, we're going to unpack some scripture. If you think we didn't unpack a lot of scripture today, next week you're going to be, will you stop? Will you stop? Because I didn't even like the first thing that you unpacked, all right? But we're going to unpack it. I have asked today that the band would um, do a song for us. So I'm going to ask them to come on up this direction. And, and today is one of those days where we're not going to, we don't have to sing, all right? This is, you don't have to stand here in a minute. You can just sit. You can just, I, I wanted this to be, one of those moments where you can just take it in, all right? But as they are coming, I got to give you your homework. You're like, I don't want any homework. I know, you want it to be like your car, right? We don't want to work on it. We just want it to work. Nope, we got some homework, all right? It's simple. <laughs> one statement, two questions. You ready? The statement is, don't talk about this today. You think I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Do not talk about this today. If you want to talk about it tomorrow, I'm saying great. You want to talk about it the rest of the week, that's great. I am asking you, I am recommending to you that you do not talk about this today. It's like, oh, we're going to take the long way home today. We're we going to have a conversation out of what we... Do not talk about this today. Please, please don't talk about it today. You can talk about it tomorrow. Here's your second, second, which is a question. Come on, what do you, what do you actually imagine when it comes to your relationship? Another way to ask that is, what's in the pack for you? Now, come on, this is just an image. If you think it's goofy, then pick your own, but I'm saying everybody brings what they imagine. Everybody brings something. And what is it that you imagine for your relationship. Some of the pieces you may have really defined, some of them they're not so clearly defined. And, and can I tell you that the lack of clarity is part of the tension that may exist. So I just want you to take a little time this week and I want you to think about what's in the pack for you. What is it that you imagine? This is what you dream of, this is what you hope for, 
What do you imagine? Take as much time this week as you need. Take it serious. And then one more question. Are you expecting someone else to carry that weight? Maybe you didn't mean to. It wasn't intentional. But they are. So here's what I know. There is no greater pain than the pain that comes from relationships that are broken. There's just not. And I know that when we open a series like this, when we start to deal with some of these things, there are some wounds that exist across our family. There is some pain that exists across our church. And if we're not careful, man, it it can almost make us, we just feel like all that opens up and it just feels like there's no hope. Jeff, we've gone too far. I think we've compromised too long. I think we've just kind of settled and we're making it, but I just don't know that it will ever. Because he doesn't understand. She doesn't understand. I don't even know if I understand. I just don't think it's possible. That's why I wanted you to take in this song today. Again, we're just going to stay seated, and I just I want you to take it in. It is both a request and a declaration to remind us of who cares about our relationships even more than we do. Not only does he care, but he can do something about it.